This is the Lamplight Radio Play. Tessa rented the cabin sight unseen. Hello? I saw your ad in the newspaper for the cabin. I'm wondering if it's still available for this weekend. Yes, it is. After being married to Wesley for 18 years, it was her first act of defiance. Her second was lying to him about it. Hey, uh, I have a conference this weekend. Last minute invitation. Yeah, sure, no problem. Is the dishwasher clean? I can't tell. I I don't know. On the day of her trip, she lingered in the driveway, her fingers drumming on the steering wheel. This weekend was a test to prove that she didn't need Wesley, that she could remember how to be alone. The cabin was deep in the mountains, six and a half hours away. And the closer she got, the more her anxiety fell away, like a heavy skin shedding as the miles ticked by. The man on the other end of the phone hadn't been the welcoming voice she expected. Go 11 miles. You'll see where a gas station used to be. Once you pass that, about a quarter mile down, turn onto a gravel road on the left. When the gravel dumps out to dirt, you're almost there. You'll go around a sharp turn, see a big pine tree that's dead on the bottom, but alive on the top. No way. Past that, there's a driveway on the right. The house is right around the bend. Jesus. It was dusk when she arrived at the cabin. It was a tiny building, and while it seemed to be in good shape, she decided to check it out before bringing in her things. There was a key under the mat, just as she'd been told. It was just as small on the inside as it was on the outside. The main room had a single fluffy chair. There was a half-sized kitchen and a tiny bedroom and bathroom. But it had been prepared for her, with a lamp left on in the corner and a stack of firewood by the fireplace. (sighs) Thank God. She was going back to the car to get her things when she noticed a shape inside the car. It was a pale smear, fingers pressed against the window. And then, only darkness again. If you're in my car, you need to get the hell out. She turned on the flashlight of her phone. She held her car keys in her fist, the jagged ends pointing out. Hey! Hey, you hear me? She stopped a few feet away from the passenger door and shined her light through the windows. Jesus Christ. The only things inside were her suitcase and a bag of groceries. 
Tessa spent the next half hour putting away the groceries, arranging her things, putting on PJs, and having a granola bar for dinner. She was alone. She could do anything she wanted. Walk around naked. Fart. Fuck. Fuck, 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 fuckity fuck, 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 But she was too tired to enjoy her freedom tonight. She decided to go to bed early and go for a long walk in the woods in the morning. And then everything that stood before her wouldn't feel so impossible. And so she crawled under the comforter and closed her eyes and remembered who she was before Wesley. She had been wild. It was one of the things that made him fall in love with her even as he slowly pressed it out. Before long, her memories started melting into dreams, and she floated in a place not quite asleep, but not awake either. After many long moments, Tessa looked out the window to get a glimpse of whoever was harassing her. But all she saw was an empty porch and the blackness of the forest. So funny. Local kids fucking with a tourist, right? Ha ha. Even though she would have sworn the singing was coming from inside the cabin, that was the only explanation that made sense. Someone out there thought she would be a good joke. She sat down in the cabin's lone chair and without realizing it, fell asleep with the chef knife still in her hand. She woke with the sun. She wondered if the previous night had happened at all, if it had all been a bad dream. And if it had happened, well, she didn't come all this way to get scared off by some dumb kids. She took a shower with the curtain open. She drank three and a half cups of coffee. It turned her stomach sour from skipping breakfast and the lack of sleep. But she laced up her shoes and went for that hike. 
There was no trail, so she picked her way among the ferns. She could feel the nearby mountains. And to be so close to things that had been here for so long made her feel powerful. It was hunger that made her decide to turn back. But she couldn't tell where she had come from. It all looked the same. You are not lost. Not lost. Hello? Where the hell are you? Tessa realized she had heard this song before, years ago, in the pew at church, standing next to her mother, who gently swayed as if she was still holding the baby that they were preparing to put back into the ground. Her father already stank of whiskey, and that was the last time the family had gone to church. Tessa hadn't meant to start singing with the voice, but the words came back to her, and she felt she could vanish in that melody. What the? She was back at the cabin, and it was already twilight, and cool air flowed down the mountain over her arms. Okay, you you freaked yourself out and lost track of time. That's all. That's it. Just lost track of time. As her fear subsided, she felt good. After all, this trip was a test, and she had been alone and afraid, but it had only been a feeling. Now, she felt strong. Who's there? Open the door. No. Isn't this why you came here? What? Isolation. Ruin. Come outside, Tessa. Tessa knew that voice. It was the voice Wesley had fallen in love with. Hi. The woman on the porch was Tessa, but she was 20 years younger in jeans and a spaghetti strap tank top. You're a hallucination. I'm still in the forest. No. Come outside and see. The young woman reached out and grabbed Tessa's hand, then started to lead her off the porch and into the woods. And Tessa went. She noticed the woman's smooth skin as they left the light of the porch, and it was as if something inside her came awake. She wanted to devour this woman, and she knew she would do it. She would tear her open, drink her down, and leave Wesley behind. Above, the stars crackled their indifference. And there was only the darkness stretching on forever, and the sound of their voices as they entered the wilderness. Cloud and sunshine, Lord abide with me. 
That was Abide With Me, based on the story by Christy Demeester, found in Volume 5, Issue 4. Tessa was Heather Brister. The narrator was Carol Stokes. The voice on the phone was Zach Lopez. Special thanks to Michael L. Stokes at Cool Audio Productions, and a big, big thank you to everyone who recorded themselves singing so that we could have a church congregation. Adapted and produced by Andrew Wardlaw. So this was not the original piece by Demeester that was supposed to appear in the issue. And while that other story was very good, I jumped at the chance to have Abide make its home in Lamplight. The slow burn combined with Demeester's rich prose fills us with dread and leaves us with this haunting image, or perhaps in this case, a song. You can find more stories like this in the pages of Lamplight Magazine. You can get a subscription on our website and we'll send ebooks directly to your inbox or Kindle. I'm Jacob Haddon, editor of Lamplight Magazine. The Lamplight Radio Play is produced by Andrew Wardlaw and myself. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or direct on the website, lamplightmagazine.com. See you next time.